Netflix show and you just want to talk to someone about it. We need to talk to someone we about Louie. We need to Louis. talk to someone about Louie. <laughs> Louie! Kate! Mary! Such an exciting day here at Gotta Be Done. We're being joined in the wagon by a person, but not just a person, a set of keys, even a, a set of, I, I don't even know what it is, a set of pipes maybe that um, is a melodica. We're talking to <laughs> Wade Gregory. Oh, Ooh, check us out with the fancy sounds. Hey, Mary. Um, hey, Kate. Hello, Hi. Wade. Um, regular listeners to the podcast, I think, might recognize the name Wade, but um, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and uh, why Bluey is so important to you? Yeah, sure. So, look, I um, grew up in Brisbane. I went to high school there. I went to uni there. And um, it was there that I actually met Joff. I went to the Conservatorium of Music, Griffith Uni, back in the mid-2000s. We should explain that Joff Bush is the musical genius behind Bluey. If, he if, is. If, if you've I don't think we've seen that before on the podcast. I don't think we have, but just in case you're listening for the first time, maybe you're new to Bluey, yeah. Yeah, so we both did jazz piano. He was always just hanging out in the studios, you know, trying to help with recording sessions and that kind of stuff, as did a lot of the, the session music those that you hear on Bluey. A lot of them came from the same era at the con in the mid-2000s. Exciting. So, it's a bit of a university reunion at your end as well as at our end. Exactly. It's always great when you have, um, you know, someone you went with to uni with just kicking goals, you know, hitting hitting sixes and just doing really well at their profession. It makes you so proud, doesn't it? (laughs) Absolutely. And so, you... Were following Joff's career, or did you find Bluey first and then realize that you were connected to the music as well? Yeah, I think it was probably when Joff did the music for Family Law on SBS. Oh, yeah. That was a series that was oh, probably a bit before Bluey, but it was all filmed in Brisbane. It was set in the Sunshine Coast, but you could sort of, you know, spot the Brisbane reference, like the Chinese takeaway on. Uh, Gimpy Road or, you know, the really? awesome yeah. thing. Oh, man, those, those Brisbane Chinese takeaways. They get around. never been more famous. Yeah. <laughs> Not leaving without spring rolls. Say, see you, Mum. See you, Mum. Well, good luck. Leave without the spring rolls? Is she crazy? <laughs> and look, it's always been a thing for Brisbaneites. We've always had this, you know, chip on our shoulder that all the TV gets made down in Melbourne and Sydney. There's never anything set in Brisbane. So when Family Law came along, we're all sort of like, yes, great stories, you know, set in our part of the world. And then the same for Bluey. It's just so quintessentially Brisbane. It's great. Ah, just Brisbane's having its day in the sun. <laughs> yes. So- <laughs> it really is because there's been quite a few shows produced up in Queensland in the last 12 months and they've all been doing spectacularly well. So good to see mm. our northern neighbours contributing more than Clive Palmer and Paul Hansen to the, <laughs> to the nation's cultural offerings. <laughs> <laughs> so we should say as well, Wade, you're in Victoria like us, so you left sunny Brisbane despite all its uh, glory on the small screen. What What is it you're doing now post the con? So I moved to regional Victoria for my job as an audiologist. I test hearing and been doing that for six years. And uh, it's great. I sort of 
do my job and then at five o'clock I knock off and then I've got all this time at night to, you know, devote to music. So I've got involved in a local choir, in the local theatre group, in the local orchestra. And, you know, because my commute's four minutes long, I've got all this time. And as for Bluey, how I got into Bluey, um, I was trying to think as to when it was. I reckon it was probably between the first and second drop of the first season because I I definitely remember getting my um, Swedish nephews hooked on it when they were visiting in the summer. (laughs) (laughs) And then I distinctly remember watching Camping Live at 8 o'clock in the morning and then, you know, bursting to tears like the rest of us. Oh, you and us both, Wade. Um, (laughs) And I reckon that's when I jumped on Twitter and was sort of looking for support, you know, (laughs) people just talking about (laughs) camping. And I reckon that's where I found you guys and started listening to the podcast. Well, we're glad you did. And we've definitely already benefited from your great music knowledge and how Bluey is just bringing it in terms of music. But what was it about the music in Bluey that just made you go, right, this is next level? Look, I suppose it's it's how it treats music like it's a short film. It, it doesn't sort of treat it like a, your typical cartoon. I'm not picking on any other cartoons, but they often use it as this sort of punctuation marks like, you know, oh, dear, Bingo's got her foot stuck <laughs> in the balcony. Dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. You know, this whole descending tritone thing, you know. Joff, if, if you can get a descending tritone into the next episode, I'll, I'll buy you a drink. It, it's just so <laughs> and, um and overdone. Everything about the music in Bluey is understated and just awesome. So it's this, yeah, this short film approach that um, your guest Liz Dufresne was talking about. Yeah, mm, love and, Liz. And I, I loved that episode and she really hit the nail on the head that um, just the way the music is approached. Um, and also most of the episode is is completely scored. You know, it might be a, a seven-minute episode with about five or five and a half minutes of music that is unique to that episode. So, you know, you have these, these themes. You can sort of pick out music and go, you know, Oh, that's the the music behind that episode, which I don't know if that's been done much before in TV or, or in cartoons. It just makes it so stand out. And look, obviously, you know, everything about Bluey as it comes together, it's just such a perfect package. But we know um, so many Gotta Be Done listeners really love the the bits and pieces that are in there for the parents, whether it's you know mm. looking for a long dog or an eighties film reference. But as a music expert. What, I wouldn't what call me that. <laughs> Little is your phrase, definitely expert. I'd defer to what she says, but I'm just a, a, well, an enthusiastic hack. <laughs> <laughs> well, what does your enthusiastic hack lens kind of make you look for in Bluey and in a new episode? And what do you, what do you think maybe the less musical amongst us should be looking for to make our hearts sing even further? I suppose one of the the things that really jumps out is the use of melodies. And not all episodes do it really well, but there's some melodies that just sing out that, you know, I get distracted by them because they're such strong melodies. If if I play... You know, that instantly mm-hmm. takes you to that episode, which, do you know what it was? Can you pick it? Rug Island? Yeah. yeah. Um, and also, um, what about... Um um, that's from a more recent one. But that one, that episode has different themes. It's got the... Um
from Flatpak. Yeah, okay. And so there's this constant use of melody and uh, altering of melody that's really, it really works well on the sort of emotional side, usually when bingo's involved. Um, <laughs> they, they have these melodies that just grab at your heart and just make and elevate the, the emotion even more so. And um, there's some really standout melodies. Yeah, and also I think that the use of classical music is really interesting. They don't just... Uh, plonk classical music in. They take the themes and then they completely uh, joffify them, for lack of a better word. They sort of <laughs> arrange them and make them their own. Like, you know, in um, uh, Magic Claw when they have uh, Canon and Dave. Bell's sort of- Canon. Exactly. Yeah. And then, yeah. then they kind of go into this weird disco-y version almost yeah. at some points. And they've done a similar thing with um, Stumpfest in Season yep. 2 um, with uh, it's Brandenburg Concerto by Bach. I think yep, it is. yep. Yeah, and then it's sort of almost like turns it like Nickelback style into <laughs> like this like real – Guitar yeah. heavy, sort of bam, 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 Yeah, I'm of. pretty sure Bach didn't write it for electric guitars, uh, you know. I'm pretty sure he didn't, but wow, if he had, um, I think he would approve, to be fair. I, I yeah. love Man. it. I yeah. liked the music in Stumpfest until you put it like that, Kate, and now I'm just outraged on behalf of Brandon Burr. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing should be nickel-backed. Like, uh, oh. like it, it's big hair music, you know, like yeah. it, it's just added in. Sorry, I should have gone for someone cooler than Nickelback, but, you know, <laughs> forgive me. Um, but, yeah, it, it's that taking um, a very classic tune and then, totally um, altering it by uh, instrumentation or the timbre or, mm-hmm. the, or the speed in which it's played. So, yeah. yeah. And then using that to match what's happening on screen. So that's the whole short film process of, of looking what's, what's required to support the story right now, what's happening on screen that we need to support musically. Um, mm-hmm. And so they use the classical music just as an inspiration, as a starting point, and then, yeah, do whatever they want to it, which is really, really interesting way of doing it. Mm. Um, the other thing that I find is that there's a number of episodes that almost have two themes. So they might have a oh, like a happy, bouncy kind of music and then they'll have this sort of nicer emotional music. I'm thinking of like the creek, you know, at the start yeah. when they're walking down yeah, and yeah. It's, it's all bouncy and then they have a really nice camping style, you know, thing towards the end. Um, uh, Rug Island, they've got that kind of tropical uh, Lion King style thing. And then the the beautiful music when, uh, you know, Bingo's breaking all of our hearts. And even in Squash, in the episode you looked at recently, you've got that video game music and then this sort of orchestral triumphant music. It's Yeah, a lot of episodes have these two kind of themes going on, which is great. Now, um, Wade, for the non-musical among us, how much work goes into doing something like that? I mean, they make it seem so effortless and part of the show, but I'm imagining that there's hours and hours behind each little piece. Would that be your sort of understanding? Absolutely. I I haven't got much experience in in writing for films or cartoons, but the amount of effort just to to do the lining up of the timing for one thing. So there's these hits throughout where, you know, Joff might talk with the directors and and say, okay, we want these parts here, these time codes, we want them to be supported by the music, just keep them in mind, they're important to us. And so you've sort of got to arrange the music around that, but still keep it with these, you know, 
mm. interesting chords and interesting melodies. Um, and often tempo is kind of altered or, or changed to, to, to try and meet that. So, yeah, it's, it's a logistical as well as a creative conundrum. Then you've actually got to sort of um, orchestrate it, which basically means, you know, that melody there, how did you want that? Did you want that on violin or do you want that on flute or is it going to be a melodica? And then is that going to be guitar in the background? So there's all that arranging, orchestrating side of things. Then you've mm. got to record the bloody thing. Um, you know, I, I hate to see <laughs> yeah. the spreadsheet that Joff's got with the current um, next 26 episodes. It must be a uh, logistical nightmare. Yeah, full on. And Especially then I guess from isolation, probably, God. Yeah, yeah got that added yeah. challenge now. Mm, mm. <laughs> it does seem like the whole world is uh, come together to try and record things over Zoom now. I see the ABCs like, <laughs> just turning around another video a week of everyone uh, singing into their computer speakers. So I guess perhaps that's how the music's coming together for Bluey at the moment as well. Yep, yep. <laughs> So, Wade, you said you got on board in so midway through season one. Let's go back to season one. Was there an episode or a moment where the music just sort of grabbed your heart and pulled it out? <laughs> well, yeah, there's there's those ones, of course, which you can just sort of, you know, feel the melody um, just, you know, manipulating your emotions. Um, <laughs> but in terms of actual episodes, I reckon one of the first ones I probably saw was Barbecue, where I, I thought, okay. yeah, that's just oh, really... Jazz flute. Yeah, yes. yeah. It's just really interesting and really um, cleverly done. You know, the way they have that, that melody that kind of, you know, starts off simple... And so it just starts off that. And then each time the melody comes back, I was counting about oh maybe eight or nine different times. They just start adding little things to it to make it seem a bit more tense. And just, you know, as poor Bingo is getting these unreasonable demands from her cousins and sister, they sort of add these little notes like... You know, and each time it comes back, it gets altered more and more and more. Um on top of that, they've got this um, hit where whenever Bingo says, relaxing in my relaxing chair, you hear the slide guitar, this, you know, you're on instantly on a beat. <laughs> yeah. And then there's like a, like, I think it's a marimba maybe going. Da, 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 Every time without fail, there's always that, that kind of hit. That's about six or seven times. And so they build that into the, the structure of the music so beautifully. On top of that, the tempo keeps getting faster each and every time. Mm. It starts off at like, you know, 120, like a medium tempo, and then every time poor Bingo is getting more and more flustered, just gets faster and faster and faster. <laughs> it's it, it's a really subtly intelligent, awesome episode barbecue. doesn't get the praise it deserves, I reckon. Oh, I just want to go back and watch it now. And actually, as you were describing that, it made me think of Neighbours as well um, mm. because hearing that um, – that music bed just on the piano, it's got that very, um, we talked a lot in Neighbours about how it was almost a 90s sitcom oh, kind of music. Oh, so it's sounding similar so again. Awesome. So did the barbecue music make you think of anything in terms of, you know, film and TV music? No, I don't think it did. What about for you, Kate? You said this jazz flute kind of thing. 
Oh, it was just a little bit Ron Burgundy for me. So, um, <laughs> you know, but I love it. I, I love the theme. But, um, yeah, mm. as, anytime I hear a jazz flute, there's two people, Ron Burgundy and Lizzo. So, um, yeah. <laughs> quality people. Yeah, yeah, quality people. So, um, yeah, no, it's rocking. There's not enough jazz flutes in the world. Um, <laughs> but, um, it's so yeah. well played, that jazz flute, isn't it? It's just, it is just yeah. on the ball. There's so many musical uh, things to love about Bluey, but even some of the original compositions, I know we've talked about this a lot on the podcast previously, but, um, for example, Neighbours, you know, it could it could have been the theme to a, a sitcom. Even the theme with Grannies, it sounds like something like a, I don't know, like a, a Joplin track or something yeah, like or that. Yeah, or Benny Hill or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that. So um, like Trains is it sounds almost a little bit Gershwin-esque um, mm-hmm. in, in the later series. Yeah, I, I, I find it um, so lovely when we do identify composers <laughs> that have yep. inspired the music, but also it's just exciting to hear um, so many different musical influences uh, mm. with one person. I, I'd love to see Joff's uh, Spotify playlist yeah. <laughs> and see, see what he's listening to. Yeah. The other episode that really jumped out um, in first season for me, and especially after I heard that it, um, Joff was nominated for an award for it, was Teasing. Oh, um, yeah. And what was really interesting about Teasing is that the music is usually when they flash back. So, you know how it's the whole present to flashbacks kind of thing? And in the present was never any music, but whenever they flash back, there was always this, uh, excuse me, Joff, for making mistakes in this. Here we go. (laughs) And that's just going over and over. And that's actually in seven, which is horrible to play. (laughs) Two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, yeah. And it kind of creates this, um, you know, this unease the whole time because everyone's picking on poor Bandit. You know, no, you picked on me here, you picked on me there. And so they've got that. But then once you get halfway through the episode and uh, Bandit says, Hang on, hang on. As usual, you mob are only telling half the story. It becomes... One, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five. It just so subtly becomes a lot more um, stable. And then mm. on top of that, they then add another melody on top of that. The There's just so many layers and so much depth to that episode and, and the music and the way Joff's approached it. And every everything he's done supports what's happening on screen beautifully so beautifully yeah Yeah, that is amazing i i don't know if i'd even taken into the teasing music before but yeah the fact that joff's obviously pretty proud of it if he put it up for the gong and um (laughs) you would be you would be yeah yeah. and the other thing is i think you girls have mentioned before that uh, often they drop out for the joke so if there's a punchline, they'll actually stop the music. Was that you or am I thinking of Art of the Score? No, you're thinking of no, us, I think. So, yeah, I think we've talked about that before. Yeah. So yeah. That idea is basically whenever there's a joke, rather than doing your, dun, dun, you know, you yeah. basically <laughs> um, bring the music right out. Um, they do it a lot in Home Alone, um, John Williams' score for Home Alone. Uh-huh. Okay. And, um, yeah, any time, and also back with, with Barbecue, there's, you know, whenever poor Bandit loses his beer, as often the music drops out or as a hit <laughs> yeah. point. Um, but, yeah, in teasing that, um, 
you know, the ooga booga joke right at the end. The music drops out. Uh, I'm just trying to think what else. There was a couple of other oh, points where um, I thought. Mount Mum and Dad when they plant the flag on the head and, the, yeah, mm-hmm. it comes mm-hmm. out then. Yeah. It's a really understated way of supporting the comedy and it just, just works so well. Sorry, kiddo. That was a bit mean. That's okay. Ooga booga. I guess, Wade. We've talked a lot about the original compositions, but mm. um, so much of season one and now season two has really leaned into the classical pieces. And I saw Joff actually um, put up on his Twitter a few weeks ago a full list of all the seas- of all the episodes that have used classical pieces as a bit of a challenge to his followers who can identify all the pieces used. Was that tempting to you to try and dive in and... Oh, absolutely! Out, that that, that was a that was a bull to a red flag. Um, <laughs> so as soon as Joff posted that, I was like, "Oh, I've got three quarters of those. I'm going to try and find the other ones." And it was a bit of a hunt for some of them. And then, Mary, you found a Spotify playlist. Is that right? Yeah. So, and we've talked about um, that a couple of weeks ago, I think. But it's uh, it's just called um, Classical Bluey in Spotify um, that Mum Kathleen has put up, and I think she had a pretty comprehensive list there as well. She basically had it all. But yeah, did you want me to to run through quick fire all oh, the classical music? We would love you to. Let's do it. All right, here we go. So, Magic Xylophone obviously is uh, Mozart's Piano Concerto Number no. Eleven. Yeah. And that's all I'm going to play. <laughs> that's the third <laughs> movement. Actually, the second movement of that piece is really lovely. I reckon Joff should use that. Um, anyway, Bike, of course, is Ode to Joy from Beethoven. Um, we've got Calypso, the episode Calypso. And I was unsure about this one, but I'm pretty sure it's Saint-Saëns Symphony Number no. 3, Opus 78, the Maestoso, like uh, the organ the symphony. Organ symphony. Asking yeah. the right people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how's it go now? I've forgotten that one yet. Uh, Magic Claw we've talked about. To make a day for you. Yeah, that's it from Babe, yep. Uh, Magic Claw, we have Packable's Cannon. Um, oh, I hate it. Don't play it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know it. Look. Oh, it's terrible. Like, and the number in five has turned it into some stupid pop song that's everywhere. I don't like yeah. it. <laughs> Look, I reckon Joff has given Packable's Cannon the respect it deserves by turning it into a video game music. <laughs> so we have uh, the episode of Shops and we have uh, the Can Can music from Offenbach, you know. Uh, something like that. Um, in the sleepover from season one, we have Boccherini's String Quintet number 11, the third movement. Uh, this is the okay. quintessential, you know, cucumber sandwiches music. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you recognise that from like a million films. Coconuts have water in them. <laughs> <laughs> and then and cucumber sandwiches, apparently. Exactly. <laughs> And then Daddy Put Down, you've got Funiculi, Funicular, of course. You guys have talked about Mm -hmm. that. And then finally, Mums and Dads, we've got Bach's Sheep May Safely Graze. Um, How does that go? Is that sounding familiar? Yeah. Beautiful. So beautiful. Yeah. And so that was season one. And then, of course, we had the uh, Christmas um, special with all the Tchaikovsky. Sorry, go on. I was no. going to say, don't forget Veranda Santa. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. I am just as thorough in my list as you guys, that's for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, the Nutcracker Suite. So that gets us through season one. And now coming to season two, we've got Hammer Barn. There's a little brief quote of... 
yes. Handles Hell Lily Chorus when the girls see those wonderful colours. Paint chips, yeah. Who doesn't oh. yeah. like that in Bunnings, though, really? Or like Hammer Barn, I guess, in Bluey Land. But, yeah, I know that always <laughs> – it's like walking into Kmart as well. You know, you just get this, like, chorus of glorious music when you walk in. <laughs> and then you've got um, Feather Wand. You guys have talked about uh, Griggs Hall of the Mountain King. Uh, Stump Fest, you've talked about with uh, Brandenburg Concerto number five, indeed. Um, the episode Bingo, one of my favourites. Uh, oh, you've got okay. another Mozart piano concerto, this time number 16. This is the. Um, that one. And I was doing some research for that one. Apparently, I was reading it's uh, in more than a dozen Warner Brothers cartoons, which is where I reckon I first heard it. Okay, oh, yeah. interesting. In- bells. Including Bugs Bunny and the Three Bears. Oh, okay. And it was I also revisit that. Yeah, and also it was featured in Groundhog Day, so it's quite a, uh, a well-known uh, one. Yeah, that's ringing more bells than Three Bears and Bugs Bunny. I was going to say Pride and Prejudice, but uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's ticking. Oh yeah, covering all bases clearly. Mm. Then continuing in season two, we've got charades, and uh, obviously Strauss's Danube Waltz. You guys talked about and uh, Bragero from. Brazilian uh, composer Nazareth. Um, oh, ah, did we pick that up, Kate? Was that yeah, is that the one? We talked about that... this. We talked oh, about great. this. Great, great, great. As you were, Jesus. continue. <laughs> Come on, give me a break. Who's got pregnancy brain around here? Jeez. Oh, man. <laughs> the wrong one. Sorry about that. Yeah, clearly. Yep. Almost there. Um, also on season two so far, we've had Fancy Restaurant, the episode. We've got Spring from Vivaldi's Four Seasons, the. Uh, how's it go? That's a real sort of another. So, so then, romance. So romance. Oh, God, I feel sick just thinking about that. I know. Uh, <laughs> oh, just, I can't deal with that episode. Poor bandit. Oh, yes. The moon is that way. This way, my special man. Well, it is smoochy kiss. But she is rubbing his back. Yeah, that's the romance. And then the next one I really struggled to, to find until I went back and listened to it. And I'm like, ah, there it is. This is Escape, you know, the story time where they're going through oh, yes. um, all the drawings and Wagner's Ride of the Valkyries. So, you know, the point where they're talking about the, um, is it the house car coming over the horizon? The dream house car. <laughs> yes, oh, the dream house car. The dream house the- And I wonder if that's like a reference to Apocalypse Now because they use the same piece of music when the helicopters are coming oh, yes. in. Yes. Oh, wow. Uh, this next Love one it. I ha- had no idea. Tickle Crabs. It was on the list and of Joffs and I couldn't work out what it was, but your friend of the um, list. Kathleen. Uh, Kathleen, yeah, yep. Yeah. So it's Aura Staccato, Aura Staccato, H-O-R-A, by a Romanian composer apparently named mm. Grigoras Dinicu. And apologies to all the Romanian listeners. Um, I thought that was a good effort, Wade. Good work. Thank you. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, Yeah, that's a great piece. Really violin kind of um, fancy violin happening there. And finally, of course, uh, Sleepy Time with Holst Uh, and Jupiter. Do we need to to talk about that for uh, a second? Look, I I think so, yes. Yes. I'm nearly ready. (laughs) We need to talk about um, Sleepy Time, really. I mean, it's just incredible uh, you know, Disney and Pixar are often lauded for how much emotion they can cram into, 
you know, very short pieces of animated works, I reckon this is well and truly up there with anything that they've ever produced. So definitely, um, it's, I a, agree. it's a masterpiece. And look, from the music perspective, it's really interesting. The first, oh, maybe two thirds or three quarters is the same approach they've used for other classical episodes. And that is taking some parts of melodies and making it their own, joffifying it um, that, you know, as they're sort of drifting off into space, which is from from Holst, but it's not exactly from Holst. And even mm. the part, you know, where um, <laughs> Bingo and Bluey are slapping and walking over poor Bandit. <laughs> that, um, whatever it is, that's also from, from Holst's Jupiter. But the interesting okay. thing is that right towards the end when um, Bingo is hurtled towards Mercury and then you hear the cellos do the... Um, As far as I can tell, from there on, it is note for note the same as Holst. So they've actually gone to the score and gone, look, this Holst guy, he, he's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just copy his. Except for two little things, which I'll, I'll share secrets if you want. Mm, yeah, absolutely. They've, they've slipped in an extra beat to match the timing. So you know the point where uh, Bingo is struggling to get her shell earth thing back together? Floppy comes in to help yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, but just before Sorry, that. Apologies and then- to our international viewers who have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it in the next we might week. retrospectively put a uh, spoiler Disclaimer, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so at that point, the um, and just before mum starts walking down the corridor, there's a, an extra beat. So usually the, the theme from Jupiter goes, um, da-da, one, two, three. There's always three beats in the bit bar. One, two, three. Then they go one, two, three, four, one. Mm. So go back and listen. There's an extra beat in there. It's so subtly done. It's so perfect. It just sounds like Holst meant it. But it oh, actually matches wow. the action later on. So there's that okay. they've done. And the other thing they've sneakily done is um, when Floppy and her, what is it, cousins or clones? or. Yeah. <laughs> Were they? Who knows? There's a lot to dive into there. Yeah. But when they come back to to help Bingo and then the orchestration actually uh, thins out, they've started altering what Holst wrote just to make it a bit more tender, a bit more sparse, so that when the the earth shell finally closes back up and the orchestra roars back into the original Holst, it is so powerful. Oh, it gives you shivers just thinking about it. So that they've taken Holst note for note where they can, have altered a few things here and there, but have just done a beautiful, gorgeous job, you know. Hats off to uh, to Dave and Joff. It just couldn't be more perfect. And I don't think I'd ever heard that music before. Like where did the Holst take you, Wade? <laughs> to, uh, to 2002 in Brisbane and watching the Rugby World Cup. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, yes, right. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, it, it was adapted by the Rugby World Cup in the 90s and, and also put into 4-4. <laughs> so, yeah, no, nowhere that uh, special or emotional. Sorry, Mayor. <laughs> well, it's a Brisbane link. I think, actually, we talked about sporting links uh, before with the music as well because um, – in work, uh, when the song Dad Dances to um, ELO. Yeah, and, and that had a um, yeah. some kind of Commonwealth Games link okay. that um, after, I think, 
the Commonwealth Games after it was on the Gold Coast. Um, it was like the official theme music or launch music or something like that. So, uh, look, we know we know the team at Ludo are, uh, have diverse interests, so don't rule it out that they got their inspiration from that Rugby World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> does, everything, does everything from uh, the afternoon show to uh, Astro Boy to... Titanic, really, and yeah. really, <laughs> so much going on. It really is um, a little bit for everyone. Wade, I will say we were joking about uh, who is the most thorough uh, Bluey obsessive, but I'm looking now at the tweet from Joff Bush asking who could uh, who could oh, yeah. link all the How classical pieces. You have uh, three more episodes than he listed on his uh, what? list. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he uh, managed to miss Calypso, um, Hammerbarn and Charades in uh, episodes with classical references. So take that, Joff. (laughs) No, that probably means that I am wrong. (laughs) I would defer to Sir Joff any day. (laughs) He did ask, are there any I've missed? And, yeah, at this point with, you know, probably getting close to, what, 80 episodes in, um, I'd Mm. say he probably can be forgiven for forgetting one or two. (laughs) Absolutely. And the other quick thing I was going to say was um, Aussie music references. So we've talked about classical music references, but as we know, we have, and it's usually Lucky, isn't it? Lucky singing in the backyard. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Lucky's dad, yeah. Oh, sorry, Lucky's dad, yeah. And, exactly. Um, I'd love to see more of that. Yeah, we we did get asked by quite a few listeners, did we think um, in dance mode was that uh, riff on... Um, Custard. On yeah. oh, I, I'm not sure. I wasn't convinced, I must admit. You, you get so little of that music from the car that Chili's dancing to... Possibly. Mm. Bingo, use it. Shall we put mum in dance mode? Um, yes, okay. I'll do it. Dance mode. Quick, let's kids. She's not with us. Hey, I thought it was inspired by, not necessarily, you know, like similar the same. to we Yeah, true. It. We see other um, brief musical notes <laughs> drifting in and out. <laughs> Yeah, girls like that. You know, like that's quite a distinctive sort of chordal pattern for me. But mm. anyway. I'm not sure if you, bet, if yeah, you talk. Absolutely with you there. I'd love to see more Australian music sort of popping up. Yeah. And I can't remember if you talked about it back, going back to charades, you know, there's so much music in charades. That beautiful waltz that, uh, is it, um, that um, the dancing starts, the. Stunning. I'm not sure if it's Joff's or if it's. That's the one that comes out of the music box, isn't it? Yeah, and then it becomes this sort of lush kind of uh, expansion out of that. I'd I'd love to know if that's Joff's original or if he's uh, borrowed that from somewhere else. It's it's just beautiful, that one. Um, So amazing to go through that full list with (laughs) musical accompaniment as well. That was incredible, Wade. And just quickly, I did um, text Joff the other day and and, and gave him a series of questions. Do you want me to uh, to read them and his responses? Yes. Yes, always. All right. So my first hard-hitting question was, what colour is the melodica you used when recording the theme song? <laughs> and he said, not blue, unfortunately, and it's not orange. Uh, but it's a, um, if you Google Hona Melodicas, so H-O-H-N-E-R, they're a brand. That's the same brand that I've got. But he's got this really cool-looking multicolour one, the Aztec Airboard. 
And if you Google that, you'll see this um, this awesome, cool-looking melodica. Um, Ooh, and also, if you go wow. to Twitter and go to Twitter and search Bluey Melodica, you'll find a, a video that Daily Pearson posted a while back of Joff playing uh, the Bluey's theme on the melodica, which is really cool. Ooh. Uh, I also asked Good him. Good to know. Yes, also asked him who is the amazing violin player in Tickle Craps, mm-hmm. and uh, it's Yuka Snell, who is also a friend of ours from uni, and she's a, an amazing violin player, but she's based in Berlin. So I didn't know oh, this, but wow. all the violin parts of Bluey are recorded in Berlin and then sent across. Wow, that's huge. Uh, I also asked him if there were any people from his, you know, music team that he wanted to really highlight and he just gave this list of names. But in particular, yeah. <laughs> all the composers and arrangers that he works with, it's such a collaboration. And, you know, he said he wants to praise them all forever because they make him a better composer. Oh, that's a bit nice, and, isn't it? And then finally I asked him, I said, would you like me to ask Kate and Mary to stop texting you so many questions? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, he said, no, nah, love the questions and I love procrastinating. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh well. As long as we're not holding up anything too important. And then I was asking him about the rumours of a Bluey album. Oh, yes. <gasps> Well, and he said, exciting. he said, trying to fit it in between the show should have some tracks soon and pa- possibly a few months we'll let you know. Ooh, so wow, things are still that's, happening. That's so promising and yet Ooh, a few just months. give it to us already. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas, I reckon. That'd be- Surely, right? Yeah. Yep, yep. So good. Good tip. So there you go. Thanks, Joff. Well, thank you, Joff, as usual. Thank you, Wade, for, uh, yeah, knowing the questions to ask. That is brilliant. (laughs) Um, We could talk forever. I suspect (laughs) you could probably talk forever as well, Wade, um, about Blue Music, but I feel like we've covered a lot and that is brilliant. Um, Whenever we get a guest on the show, we uh, do a rapid-fire round of questions about Bluey. Uh, Mm -hmm. Are you ready? I am ready. (laughs) I'm nervous, but I'm ready. So, favourite character? Not even a question. Next one. (laughs) The answer was bingo, by the way. Bingo? What's your favourite episode? Oh, don't ask me that. Um, I would have said camping from first season, but now I'm torn. I, I actually reckon Flatpak. Flatpak is my pick from this oh. second season just because there's so much you could discuss after a couple of bottles of red. You know, you can uh, just analyse and philosophise on that episode till the cows come home. Uh, look, I had been looking for the meaning of life for a while and, yeah, it's, it's nice that they've cleared it up for us. That is great. Yep. Um, Favourite quote from Bluey. Oh, there's so many. I reckon it'd still have to be uh, poffages, poffages. <laughs> Very good. Brilliant. Um, as a pre-Bluey, uh, when you were a kid, what was your favourite uh, kids' TV show? Uh, I grew up with The Simpsons, especially the old school Simpsons of, you know, the 90s, uh, but also Animaniacs. I really loved oh, that okay. when I was growing up and I've gone yeah. back to it and it's God, there were so many jokes that went over my head when I was younger. <laughs> but also the music in that is just superb. They they score every episode like Bluey does and they have an old school, you know, orchestra, Looney Tune style that, you know, Ooh, wow. costs a bomb. Okay. But yeah, Animaniacs is the one for me. Okay, cool. And is there a piece of music that you would love to see in upcoming episodes, Wade? Oh, 
No, I reckon just just carry on, Joff. I, I reckon he's got this. Um, I would say, you know, try to throw in a really obscure Beethoven piano sonata or something that will keep us all guessing so that we'll see the, the Beethoven quote or Mozart uh, reference and we'll go, oh, and people are trying to find it. So, yeah, choose something obscure by, by Haydn or Beethoven or Mozart to keep us super fans busy. <laughs> Sounds good. I reckon I've got one follow-up question to that. Sure. You mentioned um, within an, in Animaniacs the whole orchestral kind of approach. Mm. Could you see it working, a live orchestra event for a Bluey episode? Oh, absolutely. It, it would be amazing. It would cost all the dollar bucks. <laughs> but, um, you know, can you just imagine um, Joff there and probably, you know, Joseph Twist, his pieces are always so orchestral, just standing mm. with a live orchestra and with Bluey on the screen. Oh, start a, a crowdfunder. I'll contribute to that yeah. for sure. <laughs> I would love personally to see a Bluey meets the orchestra you know, 40-minute mm. special sort of show that you could take your kids along to when all this COVID nonsense is well and truly behind us. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Mm. I suspect there's so much more amazing music to look forward to in the second half of Season 2. We still don't even know when that's going to drop, but um, Wade, I'm sure you'll be in touch about that as well. Please, Absolutely. Please stay in touch. On the socials for sure. <laughs> and, yeah, look, as we mentioned, you know, COVID has scotched everyone's uh, musical, well, <laughs> external musical endeavours. I'm sure everyone's working hard on practising their melodica at home. <laughs> um, but, yeah, once once all this is over, is there somewhere we should try and catch a gig or look for you? Um, yeah, I suppose. If, yeah, go to my um, – I've got a, a Facebook page for my composing stuff, which I occasionally update. And so, yeah, if there's things coming up there, <laughs> which is not much at the moment, but, yeah, if there's stuff coming along there, I'll, I'll post on there. Awesome. Uh, well, look, thank you so much for all that wisdom, all that piano playing and, um, yeah, for being – I think we can safely say, Kate, that we might – almost be as much of a super fan as we are. Oh, <laughs> I, reckon, I, reckon, I, reckon that, I reckon that's pretty accurate, Mayor, and um, we really appreciate you being part of the Got To Be Done team. So thanks so much for joining us today. My absolute pleasure. And, look, I can I can play the Neighbours theme for you on the way out if you like. Oh, yes, oh. please. <laughs> that, that pretty much sounds like it's got to be done. <laughs> thanks, Kate. Thanks, Wade. Bye. See ya. <laughs> there goes the neighbourhood. Love it. Thank uh, you. Change the end.